to Sports Movie Minute Podcast Space Jam Edition, the podcast where we discuss the movie Space Jam minute by minute. We are your hosts, Chris and Kayla. And we're trying to keep the non-guest episodes nice and tight. So this is Minute 59, and it starts with MJ's pep talk, and it ends at the end of MJ's pep talk when he asks, are you with me or not? It's a perfect, like it ends perfectly. It's a good solid minute of pep, as they say. It really is. And so Christopher and I have predetermined that in this episode, we are going to be talking about halftime pep talks or motivational speeches or, you know, coaches and la da 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 But is there anything that you wanted to say before we get into that topic? Could it be the second best uh acting moment for Jordan in the film in the where he responds to the idea of a forfeit being thrown up. Yes. Because that felt very genuine. I, I thought, oh shit. Like, what, it was, what did you think was the first? Uh, we talked about it. It was the... Um, well, Kevin and I disagree on, the, on what we think is the best one. Uh, didn't we... Yeah, because you thought it was the uh, baldy one, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kev and Kev thought out. it was when um, Stan shows up and Michael Jordan just looks scared and exasperated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so right. what do you think the number one is? Oh, the Baldy one. Oh, you think Baldy as well. He's, okay. he's a guest. His um, opinion doesn't weigh as heavily as the oh, regular cast oh, member. Our guests are loved and appreciated. <laughs> by me, at least. Um, okay, I, but yeah, I, no, guess I agree. Answer. I wrote yeah. down angry MJ equals accurate. Yeah, like, so you just have to, any sort of sledging or anything that uh, talks to giving up or losing, that mm. brings the best out of his acting ability mm. as well, apparently. Yeah. well, and Natural then I, reaction. Because then I even wrote down, in general, do we buy that Michael Jordan was motivational? Because uh, I have two different feelings. Uh, I, I think he was in certain ways. Uh, maybe not a classic motivation. I meant in this movie. Do you buy him as motivational? Uh, not at all. He's very softly, <laughs> softly. <laughs> well, He's like, hey, guys, we're having fun, but don't give up, yada, yada. Mm. I was like, mm. He doesn't say we're having fun. Uh, when he's walking off the, the court, doesn't he? No. Or in like his pre, pre-game pep talk. I'm sure his he, pregame, he yeah, says, yeah. let's just go out there and have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But not now, because he's losing now. Yeah. Well, he still doesn't get as violent and angry as I think he should. Well, yeah, because I think when I, I think when I watched this as a kid, like when, when you see this as a child and you don't know about what Michael Jordan's like, you're like, oh, yay, he's so nice. And like, look at all of the wonderful things he's trying to do for his team. And mm. as you grow up, you're like, this is propaganda. <laughs> It's just making Michael Jordan. Well, I think uh, he's uh, a lot. he's real publicist. Probably had a, had yeah. a good saying. Yeah. That. <laughs> good, good job, publicist. We should get you on the podcast. You'd be great. He's um, made to look very um, mm-hmm. like the sweat is just glistening off his yeah. biceps. He looks very uh, cut, very athletic as well. He's got the high shot. Yeah. I really appreciate what just happened with the past two sentences that you said because that was real sexual from you. <laughs> we got that. 
And normally, like, I try to not make this sexual because it's like, you know, I don't like yeah. when people are womanizers. I don't want to be a there's not even uh, a, there's not even a word for it going the other way because it happens so rarely. Yeah. But um, but it's great when you can recognize his beauty. Well, uh, yeah, we obviously you've been he's trying not, to poke what he's you've not been, unattractive. No, yeah, well, you, which you've been <laughs> implying in a few other minutes. So I was like, yeah, I think he's good. But then like now that he's in like on the basketball court, I was like, yeah. He's probably in his peak athletic shape when he's making this movie. For the record, Duncan brought it up. He did. Very straight up. Duncan loves it. I've tiptoed around the topic of like, he's shirtless, I should appreciate. But Duncan was like, he's good looking. (laughs) Flat out. He's a good looking dude. Good man, that Duncan. Yeah. Um, Okay. Anyway. So let's get into it. Halftime speeches. Now, before you get started on your thoughts... I found a very interesting article about what makes a good halftime speech. Mm. Did you find the same article? I didn't. So the floor is yours. So, but I thought what was interesting was that I can't remember what the exact title was called. I probably have it up. And if I wasn't so lazy, I would navigate to the tab. Um, But it was essentially like the best halftime speech you can give. And the subheading was that you'll never see in a sports movie, which caught my attention. Mm. And... So it it basically said, look, a good speech has four components. You need to get across and you need the team's opinion. So you need to ask them essentially, what are you doing well? What aren't you doing well? What are your feelings and how can we improve? So it is not a pump up speech. It is meant to be a discussion. That's kind of the, at the core of this article. That's what this article is saying. It's very interesting. Is that it's, yeah, it's not a one way like situation. And, you know, as someone who used to manage people as of like literally not that long ago, like that makes sense. Like telling people what to do doesn't get you as far as them telling you what they need to do. Mm. Um, and so it kind of goes through this like process of these are the kind of things that you can do and how you can do it. But essentially it says you praise if it's deserved, criticize if it's needed, but you watch, you listen and you empower. And that's the best halftime speech you can give. Really? That's, that's very interesting. Cause I, I feel like, I think it varies a lot and it probably varies from coach to coach, sport to sport, um, team to team. But I feel like there's probably a lot of coaches that just speak directly for the whole 10 minutes or whatever mm. it is um, and don't invite much discussion. But I no, feel of like course not. there are probably more so these days, a lot more coaches that do open it up and provide a bit more of an open forum for mm-hmm. discussion like this article is suggesting. Um, yeah, because they got to, to your point, like you got to believe well, I think like the big thing, yeah, the, the, with the belief component is if you think you're doing a really good job, you won't change anything. Mm. And you at least need to be given the opportunity to identify what you're doing poorly. Because like, I'm sure you've had those days where you've come off the field, the court, the whatever it is, and you thought you did a good job, but then someone was like, nah. Oh yeah, and you were yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't leave me be." Like I did so well, or you tried so hard, or whatever it, yeah. it must have been. And that's kind of the point that he's making is like, if you don't set it up in which they're open to receiving feedback, 
they're not going to be open to receiving feedback. Yeah. I find that interesting though, because halftime is not that long. Like (laughs) you don't get to have these individual chats with people. So I'm curious as to how he thinks that it can be done. But anyway, um, who are your faves? Tell me. Uh, well, fictionally. (laughs) That's the thing. Like when I was looking up the best speeches, there are very few that are like real life speeches and very few that you have footage of. Because it probably doesn't get made public a lot of the time, right? It doesn't, other than, so it would take a player speaking to someone in the press and kind of that, but yeah, the coach very rarely ever would talk to the press and tell them what they said. Mm. So they they get asked what was said at halftime all the time. (laughs) Depending on who the coach is, if it's Greg Popovich, uh, he'll probably say three words. (laughs) Uh, better. Yeah. yeah, play better defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Greg, what do you think about the impact that LeBron James is having on the game? How can you stop him? Well, the guys know what they need to do, so they just got to go out there and do it. And that is like the classic post-halftime coach interview line. Yeah. Or even player. Like, we know what we have to do, or they know what they have to do. It's classic sports cliche. Yeah, it's very cliche. Popovich is because they... The way the NBA broadcasts for the national broadcast is set up at least is that um, one coach has to uh, do an interview after the end of the first quarter. The other yeah. coach has to do it after the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And Pop, like Popovich is just he's the one that stands out in terms of he just, depending on what mood he's in actually, but a lot of the time he just gives nothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like someone like a Steve Kerr, will be a little bit more conversational. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, then different styles. So, um, sorry, going back to the point around, so fictionally, obviously, ducks fly together. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, here was the thing. I had that on my list, but I was like, we talk about the mighty ducks too I know, much. So let's blaze past that. I think we all, we all agree. Uh, but when the wind blows and the sky is black. <laughs> what did I just say? Drop it. We all know. We all know. Carry on. Uh, or is that the only one you have? Uh, no. Well, fictionally, uh, oh yeah. I mean, there's like a, like something like remember the Titans. There's some great speeches in yeah. Um, basically, all those sports movies that we spend a lot of time speaking to. There's a lot. Like I don't know yeah. where you would start. Did you have a couple specifically that you've pulled out? Um, from from a fictional point of view? Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree um, that it's miracle, right? Yeah. Like, I think that that's just... I don't, I don't think that that's negotiable. Um, I obviously had to remember the Titans because it's my human's favorite one, and he regularly quotes the, you know, they remember forever the night they played the Titans. Yeah. Which I still have mixed feelings as to the fact that Denzel didn't give that speech and say that line, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Obviously noted the Ducks, but like I said, we have to go past that. Uh, But the one that I had, because I'll tell you what's been bugging me recently. Our lovely guests whilst i love them they always pick the same movies that they like yeah um with the exception of eli probably and mm. all um, oh, josh was a little bit left to field as well but or left of center um the one that i wrote down was creed i haven't seen creed yet oh <gasps> 
Okay, then we're not going to be able to talk about it the way that I want to talk about it. Is this a speech kind? It's not coming from Michael B. Well, here's the situation. It is basically, yeah, Michael B. Jordan giving himself his own speech. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. Kind of. But that's why I was thinking of it, because I I was thinking about who I thought was the best after I read that article. And so I was kind of in this mindset of, like, they need to be open to what they need to do better. Uh, I'm going to... Am I going to spoil the ending for you if I tell you what happens? Or, like, the speech that he... Gives. No, I care for it. It's basically just one line where, because Sylvester Stallone is his coach. Yeah. Right. And he's Adonis because he's Apollo's kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's in this fight, and Sylvester's basically telling him, like, you don't have to do this. Like, you can just, like, just give in because he's getting his ass beat yeah. <laughs> pretty bad. And he basically screams that he needs to prove that he wasn't a mistake. Mm. And, oh, my heart Some powerful emotions cried. there. Yeah. Um, it was so good. So good. Yeah. There, there's, yeah. I mean, the power of Hollywood and writers can really uh, zazz up that motivational speech, mm. can't it? I'm seeing like white men can't jump. There's just a lot of swearing and smack talk. Nothing, not so much motivational. Yeah. No. No. Um, but I got a question actually then. So mm-hmm. you referenced Miracle. So yeah. a movie about uh, the mm-hmm. actual Miracle on ice. Mm-hmm. So is that the same actual speech that was said before the game? By I am 95% sure. I have that here. So yeah. I'll read a couple of lines and then you can confirm. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. You, you're just loving quotes and you're just going to read them, but yeah, go for it. They might win nine, but this, not this game, not tonight. Tonight we skate with them. Tonight we stay with them. We shut them down because we can. Tonight we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players, every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. That was really tough for me to sit through. um, (laughs) To listen to one of the great all-time American speeches being given by an Aussie. (laughs) It was torturous, if I'm being honest. I bet. Um, Um, I I am pretty confident that it's either there or thereabouts the same speech. Yeah. Great, yeah. like for a coach for uh, mm. Herb to come up with that. Mm. It's like that's that's amazing. Oh, I'm sure he, he must was have, practicing it. Yeah, he must have. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like a presidential speech, right? Yeah, it's very, it's very much uh, Abraham Lincoln. Today we celebrate hard our Independence Day. Four score yeah. seven years ago. Uh, what, okay, real life. Do you have any real life uh, feelings? Yeah, again, um, as we were kind of suggesting, it's hard because I'm sure there's been a lot of great speeches and a lot of them don't get made public. Um, Vince Lombardi, obviously famous for motivational quotes, motivational speeches. As a um, Packers fan, he's obviously my number mm, one. Uh, I was having a read of his um, What It Takes to Be Number One. Have you read that or um, heard that? No, no, no. I've read his book. Mm. 
Oh, uh, read that. That was good. The man, the man uh, had a way with words. That's fair to say. So yeah, I mean, when you start to hear like motivational speeches and things, he would come to mind. I'm sure he <laughs> delivered a lot to his team in his time. Um, I was thinking about like current NBA coaches. Um, like I feel like Steve Kerr would do a pretty good speech. Uh, I feel like Popovich. Popovich is such like a player's man. I feel like he, but it's hard to know. Again, it's hard to know because we just don't. There's no visibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, did you have any thoughts? Uh, I did have thoughts. Um, the only, so obviously Vince, because. Yeah. I said the greatest. Um, yeah. Pretty much the greatest coach of all time. I think we can, that's, that's I mean, it's, no, I it's negotiable, but is it really? No. Um, and then I obviously had Red Auerbach mm-hmm. just because I've read what some of his players have written about him. Strong Boston. Uh, um, yeah. Real Bostonian. Uh, and then Bobby Knight. Mm. Uh, I did were, come across Bobby Knight yeah. um, in my research. Yeah. yeah. So those were those were the ones that I was thinking of. I was thinking about it personally as well, and I guess in various sports. Like when I played footy, we we lost a lot, so there was a, some very uh, sad when half times when you. Basically, looking at the ground because you're copying mm. a spray. Yeah. Nothing motivational that I can remember. But it's also like how how do you, what you say resonate to like 14 year old boys as well? Like I don't necessarily know we had the best coaches when it came to talking to the player because they like the last couple of years I played our coaches were. Um, didn't really have experience coaching kids. They had experience coaching like the men's teams. And so they tried to apply the same thing. And I don't think it worked for a lot of, a lot of the time, but anyway, they should have watched the mighty ducks. They really Cause the whole, like the, the big lesson that you get from that movie is essentially, and like, and not just that movie, but the Sandlot, the big green, like all the yep. ones with kids playing is like, you just have to make it fun for kids Yeah, exactly. because yes, kids are naturally competitive and like, I think they are at least like, I don't think any kid enjoys losing. You don't have to convince them not to lose, but if you're trying to get them to perform better, it's, it's more about the having fun and the the skill and the team and, and those things. It's it's all very like touchy feeling Mm. (laughs) and and really is. Um, and then cricket, cricket's like funny because you have these little, um, you have like little speeches a lot of the time, like after every wicket. So it's probably even more so than a lot of sports, but a lot of the time, in my personal opinion, it's nothing overly interesting or motivational. It's just like a lot of F's and a lot of cliches, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't think that there are not that many sports that you can do like a proper halftime speech because there's a bunch of sports that don't have such like baseball does not no obviously and yeah and i was just thinking obviously because i was a cheerleader um you don't get a halftime speech Mm. like when you're gonna go and compete you have like 30 seconds pre going onto the mat and then that's Mm. it like Mm. there's nothing in between um and then i played tennis and again there's no halftime like they come over between games or sets or whatever. Hmm. 
And that was what I always hated about tennis is that my coach would come and be like, hit harder. And I'm like, what? 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 Like, how do you physically, you think I'm just like lobbing it for funsies? No, I cannot physically hit harder. Yeah. Tennis is a strange one, isn't it? Mm. I mean, we went to that, um, the more of the team tennis event. Yeah. yeah. Start of the year. Um, and that was like, seemed a bit different in that the coach was like on the bench with like the other members of the team. Yeah. Seems to be much more vocal than like in, you know, a singles fixture when they're in their stand or whatever. But yeah. Um, so I was thinking about something else just then. Um, I've never, I've never played a sport where you could have a halftime speech. I was a cheerleader. I played tennis and I played softball. And none of those are halftime speeches. You have huddles, right? More in softball, maybe. Or... Not really, because you like you're kind of on the field and then off the field, and so really, like you're if you're not batting, or if you are batting, pretty much everybody's in the dugout. Yeah. Not everybody. Ideally, like not everybody, because you want the bases to be low. But yeah, like you don't like you can have. That's when you kind of have your chats about what you can mm. do and can't do. But that's and really like only the pitcher needs to be spoken to at that point. <laughs> well, when you're when you're playing little league, like what are they going to tell the center yeah. fielder? No one can even hit that far. I find it so fascinating as well when you because a lot of the time the coach's personality probably has a lot to do with how they talk. And so yeah. I was thinking of uh, in the uh, rugby league competition here in Australia, the NRL. Um, so one of the most successful teams over the last probably 15 years has been the Melbourne Storm and their coach Craig Bellamy is a highly emotional person in that uh, same as Craig same as yeah yeah exactly when they do the camera goes to the coaching box after Melbourne have made a mistake he, he you can you can YouTube this he basically there is a lot of spit flying out of his mouth there's I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm an expert lip reader, but I don't need to be to understand what he's saying. There's, mm. He has to walk out sometimes. He kicks things sometimes. There's a lot of hand motions. It's great. And I was like, well, I bet he's given some uh, interesting half speeches. Over I'm sure these he has. Half-time speeches, but highly emotional, but like, yeah, record's pretty damn good. Like he's seems to get the best out of his players maybe it's a little bit through fear but apparently like a lot of what they do down there is around individual accountability and everyone knowing their role and so if you're a front row forward you probably got three things that you're told that you need to do well each game you do those things you don't stray outside of that and that's kind of like their formula to winning so when he gets upset is when and he drops players if someone like one of the front rowers the other week kicks the ball which is a big big no no <laughs> and he he was dropped he was dropped for the next game it was just like one mistake but yeah it's, it was just like fascinating the different style of coaching and that he is my people yeah because i gotta tell you like it's i was even watching a show the other day um it was the wire and there's drug dealers and oh, they were show. like, do a, B and C. Yeah. And then they didn't do a, B and C and the person was killed. And now I'm, I'm obviously not a proponent for murder, which is why Craig Bellamy and I are a lot closer. The story. If they listened to Idris Elba, the then thing. they wouldn't have, um, yeah. But, but 
the moral of the story is just to listen. Like the person in charge is in charge for a reason. And it's usually because they know what they're doing. If you have a problem with what they're telling you or what they're asking, sometimes they ask, then you have that conversation. Yeah. But if you don't raise it and then you don't behave yourself and you don't do what was asked of you, screw you. Be dropped. Yeah. Not murdered. Not murdered. Dropped. Distraught. <laughs> Not dropped in or, the street. Or but even like or you know, in a you know, non aggressive sense, put on performance management. Like you're you you agree to a set of standards. Follow that set of standards. Hmm. I'm getting really worked up. Let's finish this minute. Hmm. Which can it's nicely links back to Jordan and how he probably worked with his team. He held them to a set of standards, right? That's how he got the best out of a lot of the Chicago Bulls players. Great way to finish, Kayla. <laughs> you, you, you love to invent a segue where there isn't one, but go for it. <laughs> I am the segue king. <laughs> okay. Um, no. Well, uh, quote time today, uh, sticking on the coach theme, uh, I thought it was probably appropriate. We'll kind of flip it a bit today. We're going to go with a quote from MJ about Phil. It helps so much having Phil as our coach. He goes around and burns sage in front of our lockers. When we're playing bad in practice, he'll beat on a war drum to wake us up. You laugh, but that stuff is part of him. He believes it, the zen, the poise. It comes from his meditating, gaining the ability to stay in touch with your body and your inner self, calming yourself when tension is all around. <laughs> 